Where did all our money go? Have you ever found yourself asking that question, perhaps after payday, and you've paid those bills, and you look at your checkbook, and that question pops up? If not then, perhaps it's at the end of the year when you're doing your taxes, and you see that amount you've earned for the year, and you think, where did all that money go? This month, during our stewardship series, we're going to be exploring what it means to have enough to discover the joy in simplicity and in generosity. Adam Hamilton, a United Methodist pastor, he's researched and he's written on this subject, and I'll be sharing a lot of his ideas both today and in these weeks to come. One area that Hamilton writes about is living within or even under your means, something that we should all strive for. If we live above our means, it's really a sense of false reality. There's a sense of false reality when we have to use one charge card to pay the bill on the other. It's a false security when we have to juggle our, our finances with cash advances to pay the bills, or when we only make those minimum payments on our debts. Consumer specialists, they say all of those things, they're all signs that we're coming into a financial disaster. Another sign is at the end of the year, if your debts for this year are higher than the debts from last year. Maybe you're not in that category. Maybe you're good. Actually, maybe you're better than you've ever been financially in your life. If that's your case, then the question is, are you doing the best that you can because you can afford to waste here and there. In both ways, consumers are on this treadmill and it can go faster and faster and faster and either the treadmill's gonna break down or we're gonna break down. So today we're invited to think about the relationship of our possessions and our money and what, we, what we're doing with these two valuable resources. From what we heard in Luke, Jesus' description we see that the prodigal son, he had those habits of squandering and spending resources. The word prodigal, it doesn't mean that it's someone who wanders away or is lost. It literally means one who wastes money, one who is a spendthrift. In this gospel story, we know there's two sons, and one went away to squander all his inheritance. The message that we usually get from this scripture is that it's a story about how the God of love always takes us back. No matter what, God always takes us back. But today, take notice on how Jesus sets up this story. He describes all the habits of the prodigal son. First, the son demanded his share of the property, and then within a few days, he left home and he traveled to a distant country. And then once he was there, he squandered his inheritance. He squandered it on things that were immoral, things that were self-indulgent. These are the habits that many people follow today. When Jesus is talking about someone who wanders away from God, he usually, he usually chooses someone who's struggling with their gifts and with their possessions. They're struggling with their wealth. 
the prodigal son, he squanders all his possessions. And with those, he would have had enough income for the rest of his life. That inheritance of the land, when he sold that, it could have provided income for years with crops on a place to raise animals. These resources that he squandered, they could have lasted for generations. The problem with prodigal thinking and spending is that the famine eventually comes. It comes in biblical times, which it did for him, and it also comes in our time. The father, he knew the value of that property. He knew the value both in the present and in the future. All the son thought about was pleasure, was his living for today. Famine, it comes today and it comes to us. It comes that moment when the car breaks down. It comes when there's medical needs and costs that occur. It comes when heating and air conditioning units fail. Suddenly, there's no money to pay with. So then we use credit cards or we take out a loan and all that does is put us deeper and further into debt. Someday though, that credit could be gone too from our lives. Now we're not all in this place, but we prodigals, we do waste, and it makes it hard when there's a financial disaster. The debtors or the creditors, they may not be calling our house, but we're not saving either. The common occurrence is the more you make, the more you spend. The more you make, the more you waste. When we become more secure, we worry less about how we spend money. Every dollar that we waste is a dollar that could go to something more meaningful. It could have great influence, such as saving for retirement, feeding those in need, or even investing in another person's future. Clearly, we do not exist simply to consume as much as we can and to get as much pleasure as we can while we're on this earth. We each have a much, much higher purpose. We need to know and understand our life's pur purpose, our vision, our calling, our mission. Then we can spend our money in ways that are consistent with our purpose or our calling. We've all heard the story of the call of God on Abraham's life. God told Abraham, I will bless you so that you might be a blessing, so that all nations on earth will be blessed because of you, so that you may be a blessing to others. God has a purpose or a calling in our life too. There's a higher purpose for our life. The Bible tells us that we were created to care for God's creation. We were created to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We were created to care for our families and all those who are in need. We were created to glorify God, to seek justice, and to do mercy. Our money and our possessions should be devoted to helping us answer that call. We're to use our resources to help care for our families and others, to serve Christ in the world through mission, 
through those everyday opportunities that come, we have a life purpose that is greater than our own self-interest. How we spend our God-given resources reflects our understanding and our commitment to our life purpose, to our mission. As Christians, we've already answered that call. We've already said, here's my hands, here's my heart, here's my voice. Help me to honor and to love your people, God. That is our calling to our spouses, to our children, to our extended family, and for Christ in the world. But society, on the other hand, it tells us that our purpose is to consume, to make as much money as possible, and to spend as much money as possible. It encourages us to eat out. It encourages us to make impulse purchases. When you get home, look at today's newspaper. Look at those ads. Look at the commercials on the television. How we spend our money and our time should be a reflection of our, our sense of purpose or mission in life, not a mindless response to those marketing professionals who entice us. When we look at money and possessions, they're only tools. They shouldn't be an end in themselves. Money is not bad. Money is not the root of evil. It's how we look at money. The love of money is a root of evil, but money itself, it can be either good or it can be bad. We have to know our purpose. What will we come to do in the next month, the next year in our life? It has to relate to our purpose in life. I invite you in the days ahead to consider the questions you'll find in the insert that was in your bulletin today and reflect on your life financial goals. First, it asks for you to define and describe your life purpose. And then what are three goals that help you, can help you to achieve this purchase, this, this purpose? And then what are the financial goals that can support that? Make short-term, make mid-range, make long-term goals. But also included in here, you'll also find some other financial resources. There's a basic budget worksheet. And it's there for you if you think you need help, if you think you need assistance, or perhaps you know someone, a son, a daughter, a grandchild, or maybe even a friend. But being able to establish our purpose, our goal in life, it requires some planning. And taking the time to set those goals related to our lives and our finances, it's crucial because we are to be wise stewards of everything God has given to us. For some, we need to reevaluate our goals, to set new goals for whatever our stage of life is. Each of us should think about our purpose and our goals and then identify in here at least two short-term goals. And at least one of those goals, it should relate specifically to our faith. And then once those goals have been set, develop a plan to meet those goals. On the back of the uh, insert, you're going to find 
six key financial principles to discovering joy through simplicity and generosity. These are offered by Adam Hamilton. As you read through those this week, read the scripture, think about them. Goals, they usually come at a cost. They require us to do something. Today's message, it invites us to think about our relationship to possessions and money and what we are supposed to do with those two resources. Like the prodigal son, we have to discern the purpose and the use for our resources, those resources that God has provided. With God's grace, may we plan and be good managers of everything that God has provided. Amen.